0: Yimeo chapter 18. Before we get to chapter 18, and chapter 18 and chapter 19, basically, are two sides of the same idea. But before we get to chapter 18, I just wanted to mention that in conjunction with what we saw yesterday, which was the end of chapter 17, and the focus on the Shabbat, and I called attention to the fact that in Yishayahu, in two different chapters, 56 and 58, We also have the Shabbat, which is integrated into the idea of the chapters. There is a third place where we have in our Bible, where we have a focus on the Shabbat, and I just want to mention that before we start with chapter 18, and that is that at the end of the book of Nehemiah, the very last chapter of Nehemiah, which we encounter much later in the Bible... Dehemiy Chapter 13 and uh verse number 15 by Yomi At that time raiti bihudah dorchim gitot tot besabat miweyemo ara mot um simrahamurim viafyaein alavim teinim vekhoma sa miweyem yerushalaim biyomashabat va'id biyom michram tsayad va'tsorim yashvu dog, the with So there similar to what we have in chapter 17, but I think there's a bit of a different focus in Nehemia, what he's emphasizing. At that time, I saw men in Judah treading wine presses on the Sabbath, others bringing heaps of grain, loading them onto asses, also wine, grapes, figs, all sorts of goods, and bringing them into Jerusalem on the Sabbath. I admonished them there and then for selling provisions. Tarians who lived there brought fish and all sorts of wares, and sold them on the Sabbath to the Judais in Jerusalem. I censured the nobles of Judah, saying to them, What evil thing is this that you are doing, profaning the Sabbath day? This is what your ancestors did. And for it, God brought all this misfortune on the city. And now you cause for further wrath against Israel by profaning the Sabbath. In And he continues that when evening came, approached, in verse 19, with Shabbat, I gave orders that the doors be closed and order them not to be opened till after the Sabbath. He gives the orders to close the stores before the Shabbat, before the Sabbath. Once or twice the merchants and the vendors of all sorts of wares spent the night outside Jerusalem. They're waiting outside the walls. I warned them. I said to them, what do you mean by spending the night out alongside the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands upon you. And from then on, they did not come on the Sabbath. So Nehemiah, I think, similar to our chapter 17, but I think there's a different emphasis in Nehemiah concerning the Shabbat. There, the emphasis seems to be, and he spends a lot of time describing the different wares that are being brought, etc. And I think what Nehemiah is about is more about. The Shabbat as a different kind of a day. The way you walk on the Shabbat is not the way you walk the rest of the week. Your concerns on the Shabbat are different. So, what he, he was complaining about was not keeping Shabbat as a distinctive and a separate day. And that's part and parcel in the book of Nehemiah about his concern upon returning to the land of Israel. His concern is that Israel maintain its own identity. That's the primary concern of Nehemiah. It has to do with marriages, and it has to do with the Shabbat. The Shabbat as a way of maintaining our identity. The Shabbat is a different kind of a day. It's not what we do the rest of the week. And in Yirmiyot, I don't see that as the primary emphasis. The emphasis in Yirmiyot has to do with the word Masah, and we will see later in the book of Yirmiyot that there's another chapter, completely different in chapter 17, with the word Masa comes into play in a very central sense. So that's what I wanted to say, a continuation of what we had yesterday in terms of chapter 17. Now we turning to chapter 18 and 19. Let us begin, of course, with chapter 18. And it begins God said to Yermiau, Arise, go down to the house of the potter, Beit When you get to that place, I will say to you, I will cause you to hear what I wish to say. So Yermio goes down, he goes down to the house of the potter, and the potter was working, it's not clear what nayim means, some transit as his wheel, it's the place where the potter does his work. Of Naim in the Torah means a birth stool, actually. Over here, where the place where he gives birth to something, one might say, the place where he is going to form what he wants to form. And if the vessel he was making was spoiled, as happens to clay in the potter's hands. Then he would simply make it into a different vessel. As the worker, the potter, saw fit to make it. So the potter is working with materials, clay, and he wants to make something, and sometimes it's not working properly. So he decides on the spot That instead of making X, that particular vessel, he makes a different vessel. That's what Yermio was seeing when he goes down to Beit HaYotzer. The word of God came to me, says Yisrael O people of Israel, can I not deal with you just like the potter? are you not in my hands O house of Israel like clay in the hands of the potter that expression is one that we are many of us very familiar with because we say those words are part of the poem that is recited According to the Ashkenazic rite, on the eve of Yom Kippur, it's the primary poem that is recited Yom Kippur eve in the context of the penitential prayers, the Srichot, that are recited on the night of Yom Kippur. It's one of the great highlights of Yom Kippur. And of course, that expression comes straight out of Yirmiyahu chapter 18. But as we shall see, actually, the way the poem is working on the night of Yom Kippur and the message that emerges from Yermyo chapter 18 are not identical. They're actually quite different. In Yermyo chapter 18, what God continues to say to explain, At one moment, I may decree, against the kingdom, a nation, to to uproot it, to pull it down and destroy it. Lintosh, lintots, lahavid. Those are words that remind us of chapter 1 of Jeremiah. meirato. But that particular nation turns back from its wickedness. Asher from that which I spoke about it. In other words, the wickedness refers to the decree which, which was formulated because of the wickedness. In biblical Hebrew, very often a word can mean a sin or it can mean the consequence of a sin. For example, we have at the beginning of the Torah in the story of Cain and Heaven In Cain and Abel, after God says to Cain, what have you done? You're going to kill your brother. You're going to I'll cause you to wander over the face of the earth. And the response of Cain was, Godol avonim minsov. Literally, my sin is too great to bear. But he doesn't mean his sin is too great to bear. He means his punishment is too great to bear. That is to say, the consequences of the sin. And over here as well, it's the Shava Gaya who may But the nation turns back from the evil of which I spoke, means from what I spoke as a consequence of their evil. And then I will relent of, change my mind, literally, change my plan about the evil that I, the punishment that I thought to bring. That's what it says here in chapter 18. In other words, God's response will be according to the deed of the people who have acted. And apparently, according to these verses, there is hope for God to change God's mind in a positive sense because even though one has done wrong, but if you repent of that evil, ga'yahu, there is talking about a nation, any nation, not just the Jewish people, anybody. And then, I will change my mind concerning the evil. In the Torah, sometimes Vayinachem Hashem refers to God changing God's mind to remove the punishment such as after the golden calf. And sometimes refers to God changing God's mind about God's creation, as we have in Genesis chapter 6. God God was sorry God had created the world. God decides to destroy that world that God had created. And now the chapter continues in verse 9. But sometimes the reverse is true. I speak about a nation. I intend to build it and to plant. Those are two terms that appear as well in the first chapter of Yirmiyot. But they do evil in my eyes. In that case, I relent of the good. I repent of the good. I change my mind. In other words, what God will do, God's responding to what the people are thinking or doing, And God can do that. The potter can change the potter's mind. The potter can make something else. The potter can have a new creation. I have the ability, says God, always to make a new creation. That's what we have in the beginning of chapter 18.